and you're recording. This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Black. Welcome to the Blackcast again from New York. And again, very excited to be joined with the one, the only, Tom Kelly. Hi, America. It's me on the Blackcast. How long till we rename this the, the Black and the Black, Kelly the, Black, the Black Kelly cast? Yeah, yeah. There, there has to be, uh, I don't know, because you're going to be out in L.A. very soon. Um, but uh, let everybody know where they can find you. We'll do oh, the beginning and the end. Yeah. Oh, uh, so listen, go to TomKellyShow.com. It's Correct. the gateway to all things Tom Kelly. But since Christian specifically has a uh, L.A. base of fans, uh, thanks to visiting Christian in L.A. and doing some stand-up out there, I am booked yes. at a festival at the Comedy Chateau on, I believe, the 17th and 18th of June, as I double-check my calendar right in front of me. Yeah, I believe yeah. that's what you said. Yeah, 17th, 18th. So it's a Friday and Saturday of that weekend, right before okay. Father's Day. And and where can people find you? In North Hollywood, correct? Uh, in North Hollywood at the Comedy Chateau. Yes. And if you're in New York, I'm skipping a page reunion at Hurley's on the 18th to go to perform in Los Angeles at the world-famous... Well, comedy chateau. This is, the page reunions happen semi-regularly, right? Yeah, this is with the kids above us. Nobody wow. you know. Uh, and honestly, these people could be dead. You know, they're, <laughs> they're older than us. You know, these people could be dead the next time we see them. Yeah, you know? they'll, 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 they'll sit around and reminisce about uh, when Carson used to play Stump the Band. You make jokes, yeah. but we're at this point where Conan in New York is the equivalent of Carson for many people. Oh, I, I had lunch with uh, a guy I went to college with, this guy Steve Lawrence. He interned, but not at the same time as you. He interned sort of with me and then again after me. Um, but uh, we were just talking about how new... Late Night with Conan O'Brien was when we interned. The show hadn't even been on for five years yet. It had been on exactly for four when we started. And uh, we were just talking about all the people that we worked for and how, except for maybe Jeff Ross, but maybe even him, like we're older now at 46 than everyone oh, we worked, like substantially yeah. older, like at least a decade. Like Debbie Wonder, who was the, the I don't know, music supervisor or whatever. Yeah. She was probably like 27, if I had to guess. Yeah, like I am older, significantly older than Jeanette Barber was when she was my mentor and at uh, Rosie O'Donnell's old right. show. And then there was one writer who was older than she and we used to make jokes about him being the old guy. Not me, but but his writing partner would right. bust his chops. And she, uh, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm older than the guy she used to call old. Yeah. In fact, she's older than the guy now <laughs> yeah. that she used to call old. Actually, that makes me feel better now. I know. Well, yeah, you, just, you think about, you think about like all the people that we interned for and just how much older than us they all were. I mean, they seemed, but like, you know, a guy like, you know, Mike Shoemaker, who, you know, what he does, Seth now, but he had done, uh, he had done Jimmy Fallon's Late Night. He was like, uh, you know, a big wig at SNL when I was there in 1998. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that guy was 46 then. You know, he'd been there for wow. a while and wow. he probably wasn't 46. Yeah. You know, Marcy Klein probably wasn't 46. Lauren was definitely well beyond 46. Well, but but then, but, the, but the, that's the thing. The further up the pyramid you go age-wise, yeah. there's less people to look left and right to. Yeah. Which is why I'm getting out of podcasting and going into geriatric care. Look, I think that that's probably... It's a, a little more of an inverted it, it, pyramid. It's a move that we've been expecting you to make for a <laughs> while. But I was thinking about like just how much, you know, how much fun it was to one intern, but two, to be a page at NBC as a, you know, and uh, well, my friend, my friend Steve that I had lunch with, he did not, he interviewed for the page program, but he did not get in. And he's like, yeah, they probably could tell I was a clown. And I was like, if you knew the guys that got in uh, during the time I was there, but also with me, I think he was probably uh, more qualified than let's just say Kenny. Uh, you know, you know who wound up having a great career in he sports. Did. So he who did, the hell? Yeah. Uh, so we make jokes, but uh, but you talk about the thin line. Like now, it's a much more corporate program. Yeah, but yeah, we had people sleeping in. Uh, I guess it's actually we someone, can say it out loud. There was a guy who slept in the uh, SNL studio for a year. Right, after us. there was someone who like lived in the page lounge. Uh, yeah, lounge after well, us. that guy who lived in the page lounge, uh, I met him finally after twenty years. 
Yeah. Um, uh, it was like I knew him a little bit. He had like a, there was a legend attached to that guy. We'll just say his first name is Matt. Was right? it? Yeah. I, don't, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and that's probably happier for me to not know. Yeah, but but people, he told me he would sleep. He was at a certain point graduated from the Page Lounge yeah. and found a cot in the world famous Saturday Night Live studio. And back then, they didn't lock any of those things. No, at night. I, I remember. I used to go in and take pictures on the set when I had friends in town. So actually, my favorite one is after nine eleven, when you know planes flew into a really big building. I remember. I yeah. waited a couple of days before leaving the city to go to Long Island, and I needed to get some stuff out of my uh, uh, office at Rockefeller at, Plaza. Yeah. And I went back with a giant plastic bin of laundry because I felt like I was going to be staying on Long Island for a few days. And I brought this giant bin that could have contained a, a bomb or small children, and they didn't, nobody blinked. No, you walked by the security, and they're like, oh, this guy's got four pressure cookers. I don't think there's any reason to worry. Come on in, kid. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because it reminds me, I have to uh, be slightly vague, but it's one of my favorite uh, people taking advantage of a limited station in show business. This is a Los Angeles story that I've never told okay. you about. Okay, yeah, good. This is not me. Okay. And you'll be able to tell that it's certainly not me. But uh, it's it, so someone that I knew, he worked, and I can say who he worked for. I don't think that's a problem. He worked for Rick Dees, who people know nationally a little bit. The radio legend. The radio legend, but in the L.A., like, you know, radio. He was the guy you drove home with or to work with? He was a, he was a morning. He still is. I think he still is, or at least within the last few years, he's moved around a few stations. But, yeah, so he was morning drive time. I mean, he was like the L.A. version of not just Scott Shannon, but also Howard Stern and also 1010 Wins. And Did like, he do the bits? Was he comedic too? A little bit. He had a talk okay. show at one point, but he's also responsible for what novelty song? These Nuts. Good guess. Would have made sense. Disco Duck. He made Disco Duck. And uh, Oh my God, if you give me a second, I'll, I'll pipe it in. Okay, yeah, you I, pipe I, it in. That'll be better actually if you pipe it in. Than a, yeah, than that way you don't have to edit. Keep talking, keep talking. Yeah. So, uh, so he did that, but so he, uh, you know, he later, much later career wise got into true crime podcasting because he realized that there was a tremendous demand for it. So even though that's not what he was known for, he started doing it. But so he had a production company and he had a radio show and he, he probably did like a syndicated countdown that wasn't the case of case in countdown, but you know, like you know, Rick's top 40 or whatever. Right. And uh, so he had a production office and someone who I knew later and very much attempted to wrong me, which could be a story to tell another time, maybe even a little bit, we'll see. But um, I know that how he became available for a job where he was put in a position where he tried to wrong me, which is that he, uh, he had a kid, he had an ex-wife, he uh, had no place to live. So he started sleeping in the production office uh, there that uh, Rick Dees had. And for the most part, you know, he'd probably take a shower at the gym. You've heard people do stuff yeah. like this. You can take a shower at the Y, take a shower yeah. at the gym. And, you know, you just sleep wherever. You figure out how to do laundry, that sort of a thing. And he, um, so he stayed there. And he, uh, and for some reason... Uh, Rick, I think, came in with his son and somebody else. They were like, you know, they were somewhere in the neighborhood and they wanted to just, you know, pop in somewhere. And they come in and they find this guy. Just sleeping in the office? It, it, it's not as bad as it could have been, but it's worse than that. Oh, no. So they oh, walk no. in. Oh, He's no. sitting in his pajamas, watching the TV very loud with a nice big old bowl of ice cream. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, and then that's the moment where you try to explain it, but there's no explanation other than the fact, are you living here? <laughs> so wow. uh, lost the cushy gig with Rick Dees. Wait, that uh, that ended it? Yes, that did end it. I don't think uh, Rick appreciated somebody sleeping in his production office and uh, pretending that he wasn't. I think maybe if the guy had said, yeah, I'm a little down on my luck. You know, my my wife kicked me out. So He might have been like, you know what, at the end of the week, you need to stop doing this. So I know somebody who had that answer to that question after sleeping at the office for a blank amount of time. Okay. 
And he was sleeping in the celebrity green room of a business radio show. We'll keep it vague. Okay. okay. So so not the the ninth floor green room at Saturday Night Live. No. Which, which I would love to have slept in at some point. That was a, I've, I have slept there, but napping uh, oh, during yeah, the I day. Did. You know what? I did take a nap. That's yeah, right. Everybody's <laughs> napping Everybody there. napped. And, you know, napping is fine. Napping's fine. As long as your clothes are yeah, because, on. Yeah, because it's like if somebody tries to open the door, you know, if Janie the cleaning lady opened the door. Janie. Love Janie the cleaning lady. She's probably dead. Unfortunately, yeah. But, you know, when we're getting a little sidetracked, but when we worked there and when Janie was there, I had no idea that she had been a huge part of the WNBC Howard Stern show and that she would be a regular on there. Oh, I didn't even talk to her all the time. I didn't know She's in his movie just briefly, but when he went to satellite and they started playing older stuff, there were segments with Janie and I'm like, I loved Janie. She was like such a delightful person to talk to. And he absolutely had, the, you know, if, if you can say what you want about Howard Stern, but having a sense for average or quote unquote average, seemingly normal everyday people knowing that they would be good for the radio. And Janie absolutely was. She was a delightful person. You know, it's funny. So like I've, I've done a couple of days of work at uh, the late show with Stephen Colbert. Right. And the Hello Deli, which was famous during the Letterman years. Is Rupert still G. There. The deli is there, but nobody's in the deli. So, and you wonder what happens to those guys. What happens to Rupert G? What happens to Mujibar and Sirajul? Yeah, that, well, that's, like, that's, that's a good. They one. stole that. They not stole. They sold that store. Whoever owned it, they just worked there. So that store hasn't been there. The, so those the, guys the made a few bucks. You hope. I hope. Yeah. But like, you get into like the real. What happened to those real people? Who become kind of famous? Yeah. Like, uh, I, like the Letterman book. There was an unauthorized Letterman book. Uh, that was pretty well researched. It's a great read. Did you read I, it? I didn't read that. I, I, had, I had a look on my face because I'm like, oh man, I'd love to read it's that. It's a great read. And it, they interviewed the woman who worked at the publishing company across the way. Okay. Do um, you remember who I'm talking I about? I do. It's more of a vague recollection. It's Pam, whatever. But anyway, he would just call this girl he thought was pretty. I don't think he ever really met her in person or only met her in person once or twice. Right. And now she's just married with three kids. You know, it's just like kind of like, all right, it's over. Yeah, because, you, you know, it, it, it's not it, it's not career-changing work where all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, I'm on the Hello Deli. All that that turns into is that maybe you can charge people five bucks to take a picture with you. And he probably didn't, Rupert G. What well, I remember about that deli, food wasn't so good. Because I, I, I went in. And okay. I was like, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's not a good I could see that. Like, I, and along those lines of what happens to those people, I don't know if he's still working for Conan O'Brien because the operation got smaller. But do you remember Jordan Schlansky? Yes, I talked about Jordan Schlansky at lunch a short time ago. Okay, he and I think Jordan Schlansky, and I'm turning to a camera that isn't there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not just not turned on; it's actually not up on the tripod. Yeah, but yet. it's funny. Like I'm turning to a third that's, friend as if I'm going to explain to them. That's the kind of professional that uh, Tom Kelly is. He knows how to speak to camera. He knows how to read from prompter when the camera nor the prompter are actually there. So Jordan Schlansky, yes. for lack of a better word was the quirky production manager. He had an associate producer title. Yeah. Uh, before anybody knocks his title, nobody had a full producer title there because it was Lauren Michaels was the only EP. Yes. Then there was a second guy who was the producer who was really the EP. Jeff Ross. And then all these other big shots really had titles that were beneath them. So yes. I'm not knocking him. But, all, but that said... And it became a running joke at the show. Nobody knows exactly what this guy Jordan did. I, this was like almost 25. No, it was 25 years ago. I don't know what Jordan I did. I think they assigned him odd tasks. Yes, right. He was exactly. the, I don't feel like doing this producer. Let's, yeah. That, the, the Mikey liked it producer. Like, yeah, let's get him to try it. Let's get Jordan yeah, to try it. Yeah, anyway, he, and I had one oddball experience with him that I am not bitter about, but I am bitter about. <laughs> I did a big task and he said, oh, I'll introduce you to the executive producer when it's done. And I spent a week in a storage facility in New Jersey and then another week typing up paperwork because he didn't feel the paperwork was organized enough. And then after two weeks of working on this project, he just goes, yeah, I showed it to Jeff. He said, thanks. And I'm like, I thought I'd get five minutes with this guy. Did, uh, did you ever hear about uh, past black cast guest Tim Sicardo and Ronnie Coppola uh, helping oh, on Matt, the Max? Yeah, Max Weinberg? Yeah. And helping, like, basically clean rocks and, uh, yeah. you know, do landscaping. And Max repeatedly saying, like, yeah, I don't know, Bruce might come over today. He did not say that. I never heard that part he of the story. a couple of times, and they were like, there's no way Bruce is coming over. Like, why okay. would you tell us that? So you know? I've heard 
So I am the prequel to that story. Okay, great. Okay. I didn't even realize there was a prequel. Well, I mean, it's a it's You're a prequel. You're the Jar Jar Binks to that story. It's a prequel if you want to add it. And then I'll finish the uh, the prequel to the rock story. Is. Yeah, please. I was subbing in for your old friend Debbie Wonder as the rock and roll intern for a couple weeks. Sure. Uh, I had now to drive Max Weinberg in a big white passenger van to some sort of a shoot. Okay. And uh, I'm now wandering at this point in my career. I'm looking for something to find me. And I'm alone with Max. And Max says, you know, uh, Tom, uh, actually, I don't even think he said my name. You know, I've seen you interning here. I see you working hard. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I noticed that. And you should be commended for that. Thank you. It's a nice thing for him to say. And sometimes I have other work that I like to give to the interns and help, you know, and help them out. And I'm thinking I'm going to be working with the boss. I'm going to be working with Springsteen. I'm thinking he's going to hook me up in the music industry. And then yeah. he goes, I have this yard work. <laughs> that was, uh, but finishing the Schlansky story. Yes, sorry. Schlansky, back, yeah, no, but, but, but finishing Schlansky, the Jordan yeah. Schlansky story. Jordan Schlansky, during the writer's, he was an unknown guy. He was a guy in an office. He was a guy who didn't even have his own office. Okay, he was a guy with a desk with two other people. And one day there's a writer's strike and they do a profile on him. Right. And he becomes famous to Conan O'Brien people. And he's famous in the context of, I work with Conan O'Brien. And they probably did over the years, 20 to 30 comedic pieces with him, including taking the guy to Italy and doing a one hour special on the guy. Wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And now he's on Cameo. Yes, he is. And he charges, I think, 300 bucks. Yep. I don't know if he's making that money. I mean, if you do one a week, that's going to feel better than what if you did like... Well, if you do five a week, if you do five a week at 300, that's a good chunk of money. I, I, I wouldn't... Hang on. Wouldn't. Alexa, what is uh, 300 times five? 1,500. I did that. Hang on. Great. Alexa, what is 1,500 times 52? He could almost live on that. Maybe not in L.A., Man, in in New York, even uh, Alexa's gender is fluid. I have yeah, no I idea changed. That you had a okay, so I changed my a word, and I probably shouldn't. I probably have just done math all across this great nation of ours. <laughs> yeah, everyone listening. Uh, that said, uh, I switched it from female to male voice because the female voice was getting needy with the suggestions, and then I'm like, "Hello," and I can also tell you how to add music to with an Amazon Prime subscription, and then I would yell for it to shut up, and I felt like I was abusing a woman. At least I can yell at this guy, and I feel like it's man-on-man right, man violence. Right, you feel like it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like if there were somebody in the building who did not know what the A-word was uh, and did not know what an A-word echo was, uh, that's two different A-words, by no, the way. No, those are two different A-words. But if, a who did not know what an Amazon echo was, I'd be afraid of the neighbors downstairs thinking I was abusing a woman named Alexa because it was getting kind of the, it was like getting where you'd just be yelling all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then we've got uh, our, our kids say her name all the time because they figured out that uh, she can make like whale noises or, you know, <laughs> you know they might ask uh, if, if she can play the poop song, because there is one. You know what else uh, she can do? Can she also play Rick D's greatest hit? So, now there's the crack that That's a, yeah, that's, yeah. But have you ever heard this in your life? I don't think I have. Is yeah. this a, was this a West Coast phenomenon? No, I mean, this was a, this is like, obviously, before our time. So, it, it was a big novelty song, you know, like, not just, like, on the Dr. Demento show, you know. This would have been played, you know, on, I mean, he, you know, because he was in, what, the second biggest market, I'm sure that helped. But I believe that it might actually have gotten mixed in early in the evening at, at the disco, you know, when they're playing actual disco. So, do we have so, to listen? Do we have well, to no, keep we, listening? We, to we, we got to get to the chorus now because, like, there's the payoff. It's not just like this. This is, this is all the ramp up and all that. But, but okay, it's a good ramp up for a podcast. Like, you should start the show with this with Disco Duck. I wish we don't have to do it for this one because no, no, we're, no. we're editing the time like or maybe, whatever. Yeah, maybe next week. Okay. Yeah. That's that's Rick. I believe that's Rick doing the voice. There it is. Wait. I vaguely remember that, but I thought this was a Disney author. How is? How did he not get sued? Uh, because you didn't say it was Donald. But yeah, the voice. I mean, you can do that voice. 
Uh, yeah, I remember uh, it was part of a recurring segment on uh, Z100 called The Jukebox from Hell. And this was <laughs> one of the songs. It had that and uh, Seasons in the Sun and, you know, uh, maybe even Kung Fu Fighting. But anyway, yeah, so that that, <laughs> that, that is... You know, most of your DJs don't have, uh, you know, I, we should look up actually what it charted and, and, and that sort of a thing, Disco Duck. But, uh, you know, our careers never touched Disco Duck. I just uh, am aware of it. But I also know someone who was eating ice cream in his pajamas on <laughs> Disco Duck's couch. So what, how did this man wrong you? By the way, yeah, like uh, you know, it's funny, like folks who are listening to this and there's nobody watching, so I don't know why I'm saying, but. There's a look in Christian's eyes that I have not seen in a long time. I, I, it's yeah. a F this effer look in your eyes that I have not seen in forever. I have to think about how to tell the story. Um, longtime listeners of the Dennis Miller show will remember there was a time where there was, a pr- there was an extra presence on the show. He usually did not talk. He was brought on as a consultant and the best thing is that I don't have to allude to either of his real names because uh, Dennis referred to this guy as Rove, as in Carl Rove, because this guy came in and he was going to run everything, you know? Okay. And uh, I, he, he started at a time, like we had just done our first anniversary show and we, I worked a lot to get a lot of like good name guests on that show. And in the way where we juggled it all live, we didn't record anybody. You know, it was like the one time we had Jon Stewart on for like five minutes. He loved Dennis, but he's, you know, usually couldn't get him on, you know, for whatever reason. He's, okay. He's busy, really. But yeah, we were going at that yeah, point. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So we had a bunch of people on. It was a great show. I'd worked really hard on it. And uh, so then this guy like buys us lunch and he tells us that we're not working hard enough, that the show needs to be more uh, like the HBO show. And uh, which I, was also staffed by three times as many people. Well, that's part of the point that I made. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not big on, uh, you know, uh, you know, histrionics and uh, worrying about this, but I, it was enough where I'm like, if this is the rest of my life, I don't need to work on the show anymore. Cause I, I, I loved working for Dennis, but I did, I, I wasn't close with him in the way I would be later. You know, he was just a guy that I worked for and okay. I liked. So this for. man tried to wrong you. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he came in and he felt like we needed to work hard and all that. So I just said, I'm like, well, you know, we, we actually worked really hard on uh, the last few weeks to come up with that first anniversary special. And that HBO show had like 30 writers on it. And there's a total of like five of us on here. Uh, so uh, thanks for lunch, but I'm not going to sit around for the rest of this. So the other, there were two other guys who worked on the show at the point. There were uh, three of us. You had that much courage that early in your career? Yeah, well... Uh, I, I just, uh, I, you know, there was just the amount of bullshit and it just, I'd be more likely to sit and take it now because there'd be, there was more at stake, Mm. but I, I was just like, I don't need to listen to this. And I called, uh, I called the, like, basically as I'm walking out of this conference room across the street, back to my office, I called the, uh, the, the senior vice president of news talk for Westwood one. And uh, I just sort of relay the conversation to it. And I'm just explaining. I'm like doing my damage control just in case, making sure that this isn't going to, you know, turn into me uh, losing my job. And what the, you know, what the guy on the other end of the phone back in D.C. said was like, oh, that's unfortunate. But, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, just keep doing, you know, basically I'm supposed to just keep doing my thing. And, uh, you know, just he'll try and help. He was there to help grow, grow the show. He was specifically brought in told you're not producing the show you're not involved in the guest booking and so then over the next few months he very much tried to produce the show he tried to book the guests he tried to cut liners for a specific guest and you'll appreciate this we were going to have we did have him on we were going to have William Shatner on and he had this design for uh, you know, he sent me and other executives at the company. Like he wanted, he's like, we need to cut these liners this weekend. Uh, and it was using the theme from 2001. So if you're having William Shatner on, 
What piece of music do you think would be appropriate to use? Star Trek theme song. Yes. Maybe the TJ Hooker theme. <laughs> but certainly I mean, not, depends on what you hear. Certainly not another sci-fi film music from that. Okay. You know? And it was a lot of that. And uh, he came up with the new merchandising uh, with a D and an M. And it was literally the Tiger Woods logo, but a D and an M instead of a T and a W. Okay. And he contended that it wasn't, but it was to the extent where he was told... We can't do this. We'll be sued. It looks just like Tiger Woods' logo. So, Wait, did Dennis even say that? Den- excuse me. Uh, Dennis was not as involved in that sort of a thing. Okay. You know, that wasn't, uh, yeah. I mean, this would have been a better piece of music. This is the TJ Hooker theme. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, you, you think Shatner still doesn't get excited when he hears it? You know what's funny? He is, might even almost get off the couch when he hears the TJ Hooker theme. The worst theme. part is I think Shatner gets more excited about this then uh, he does Star Trek, and that bothers me. Yeah, no, no, it, it, you're right, and it should bother you, absolutely. So, and, and I will only sidetrack for 10 seconds if you watch the credits. Yeah. Uh, th- there's an old SNL Adrian joke Zemed. with, there's an SNL j- sketch of Shatner playing Hooker, and it's, quick, jump on the hood of the car! Yep. Yeah, that's, and that's the... And that's, that's Heather Locklear, wow. Yeah, that's the same, uh, that's the one episode that he hosted in 1986. The Get a Life episode. The Get a Life episode where you disagree with our friend Ron Mata and myself. I think that's one of the most seminal moments of comedy. You find it to be uh, mean and hurtful. Oh, you're, mean not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It was mean But it's very funny. The uh, the look on Lovitz's face when Shatner says, and you, have you ever even talked to a girl? And he just looks down. He doesn't say anything. Bless Lovitz. So this guy was trying... He was definitely trying to take my job, but he was told that his job wasn't mine. If he had kept his head down and made, you know, moderately, uh, you know, just... Suggestions? Yeah, just suggestions, minor minor changes. It probably would have helped the show, and he probably would have been around for a while. Was he our age? He's a little older. Like, at least 10 years older, Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. How old would I have been at that point? I was like 29, no, 31, 31. So, uh, yeah. So he was probably, you know, again, goes back to younger than I am now, but older than I was then. And so it was a lot of that. And Dennis knew I didn't like him. I kind of made some of this clear, but Dennis was like, let's just try and, you know, let's see how it goes. You right. know, like, let's let's just let him do his thing. You do your thing. You don't have to worry about it. Like, Dennis was always really good at making sure I knew that I didn't have anything to worry about. Okay. You know, especially when I took over producing a radio show, having never produced a radio show before. He understood that I, there was going to be a learning curve. He understood you work cheap. <laughs> he sure did. He understood. He sure did. He, but to well, his not credit, the best, but he's the best there is at this price yeah, point. But he was always good to me in that I never asked for a raise. He always asked for a raise for me, and it's more I would more than I ever would have asked for. So gotcha. that was great. Uh, very early on, that became apparent. But anyway, so this guy was around for a while, and people who are listening right now, and like I'm going to make sure that my pal Farad Muhammad listens to this because one, he was a big fan of Dennis Mosher. Two tremendous fan of Conan, so he's going to enjoy the Jordan Schlansky talk. And a tremendous fan of Office Pajamas. Yes. Who isn't, though? Which, if that's not the name of this show, I don't know what it is. It should be Office Pajamas. Yeah, I know. We... We'll we'll do a uh, we'll we'll do a uh, a Photoshop where we put ourselves in like old timey like night shirts with, the, <laughs> with like the, the the Ebenezer Scrooge cap on okay. top. Uh, but uh, so yeah, this guy just like got a little bit more unhinged, and they he kind of stopped coming in. So they wanted to fire him, but he stopped coming in. So they made it too hard to fire him because I think he probably got the sense that there was a problem. So they eventually fired him over the phone. But what did him in was that he called Dennis directly. And he said that, you know, he passed along. So in this meeting that I originally had with him, what he said was that uh, the stations were scared of the show in the sense that it wasn't what they wanted. He kept sort of banging the drum on that and, and that stations weren't happy. And at this point, stations were 
we're very happy. The show grew the first few years. You know, it, event, it, it eventually got to like, I think, 305 stations, which we started with 50. So There's a lot of stations. Yeah. I mean, in those days, you know, Limbaugh had twice as many, but, the, you know, also. But Limbaugh was a god. We, yeah. I mean, you know, it, not my god. No, but for many people, I mean, it was just like you built whole stations around Limbaugh. You know, yeah. I mean, and so, you know, and bless, bless him and his, uh, his ability to, to instill that kind of loyalty. And the 20 year head start. Yeah. Right. And he, uh, he had, look, Limbaugh's uh, listeners, they called themselves ditto heads because everything he said, they agreed with. And Dennis prided himself on the fact that nobody agreed with everything he said. I didn't agree with everything he said. He had very different opinions on different things. He was socially very liberal, fiscally conservative, strong military. Yeah. So there's a little bit of everything. And that made it hard for some stations. So this guy calls Dennis and just talks about, and he misrepresents the way that stations feel about the show. And he felt like it was important. And then he said, Actually, I think that, you know what, this was an email because Dennis read it to me. Oh. Uh, and it said, I think it's better if you don't tell Christian that I sent you this because, uh, you know, the, that he, myself and the, the uh, vice president of News Talk, I think, wouldn't appreciate me handing this on. So, like, this is basically, I'm telling you the truth everybody's afraid of. Okay. So, I get a call from Dennis. I'm driving home. And he, he says, yeah, I got an email from Rove. And he said, don't tell Christian. So I'm immediately calling you. What is this about? You know, are there things that you're afraid to tell me? And I'm like, no, look, you know how it is. We put a spin on some things because we want to we wanna highlight the best stuff, let you know where, where the areas of concern are, but we don't want to do anything that messes up the show or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I was up, I was honest with him, you know, that, uh, yeah, there's, we get some feedback about things that, you know, and it's all stuff we try to work on, you know? And so he's like, all right, yeah, he's gone. So he wanted this guy gone because he thought that was creepy that he reached out and tried to yeah. go over my head. So this guy did not take into consideration my relationship with Dennis and how, and how loyal he was. So he, I don't know, he maybe thought that uh, this was some kind of showbiz guy who wasn't going to be loyal to his people, but he was wrong and he wasn't going to get to leapfrog and be one of the people. So I, I always appreciated uh, the way that this played out because yeah, I would have, I, I would have let myself get fired over it. Well, it's why you shouldn't date somebody who is cheating on their significant other to be with you. Because if they're willing, right. if they're willing to screw around to get to you, right. they're willing to screw you over to get to the next step. Right, exactly. And uh, this guy would, for years after the fact, he would misrepresent himself as being associated with the show. He'd be trying to get. Um, demonstrations and free products at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. So several times the company would have to send him season desists because we would get contact. It's like, yeah, this guy says he's with the show. Where is he now? I don't know, actually. But who's, um, whose production office is he sleeping in now? I don't know, but I'm sure he has monogram pajamas. Uh, with a big R for Rove because it, uh, it's a, it was a crowning achievement. He has monogrammed office pajamas. He has monogrammed office pajamas. And uh, yeah, and he would send like anonymous, like, you know, not anonymous, but he would send emails through the show's website because he thought Dennis would see them, but I, I saw them. And like, I think oh. when the show ended, he sent an email, which, uh, Tom, why don't you uh, promote some of your uh, upcoming uh, oh, while you're fishing, yeah, because I, yeah, because I gotta, I, I think I can find it in this one email. If Have it's I not mentioned there, the comedy chateau, June seventeenth and eighteenth, North Hollywood? Uh, there's a festival there. Definitely uh, call the Comedy Chateau and ask when is Tom Kelly going to be there? Even if you can't get to the show, call them up and ask when is Tom Kelly going to be there? That will confuse them. And I like to let people to be. I like to let people know that I am reachable. Uh, I'm also. Oh, you got it. Yeah, you're good. You're fast. So because uh, I know his name. Uh, so oh, this it's is not actually really this is actually not from when the show got canceled. This is a year before, uh, and it canceled is a general sense. It's ended. Not, I think you got to yeah, say ended it, for it your ended. own sake. It, it didn't exactly get canceled. It, it, legitimately, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, so April twenty second, twenty fourteen. So, uh, this is uh, the email that he sends. So, a friend of mine is listening 
that still pathetic little radio show, you and Christian, ha, 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 still do. And he hears this interaction between you and your little pizza delivery boy. Dennis asks Christian, so are we going, are we trying to sell merchandise on the website again? Christian says, I think we haven't pushed it for a while now. Did we ever sell even one thing before? No, I don't think we did. Why was that, do you think? Because you think we would have sold something. Well, there were some real problems. They weren't promoted very well, and I think there were some design problems with them. Let's hope this time around we can do something with them. Now, I'm not putting my heart into reading that exchange, but that sounds like a bit to me. Does what Dennis like and I were doing. There's not the joke. Because it's what... not that we didn't sell anything. We just didn't sell like millions of units. You know, it was probably in the high hundreds and occasionally in the thousands. Okay. Uh, and so then uh, Rove says, you really don't remember all the fucking work I spent with my graphic designer putting together an entire catalog of merchandise for you? You even spoke to him on the phone. We were the only ones doing any real work on your behalf. Come on, you can't still be that drugged out, dude. SNL was 40 years ago. You could have had a great show, Denny boy, but you backed the wrong horse. You're all class, which is something that I think Dennis would say sometimes. So he's referring to wow. his merchandise line. But wait, did he send that to you and Dennis? No, this went through the, through the website, but it forwarded to my work email, which was a Gmail, so I still have it. Oh, my god. That's gosh. why. That's a little, little something for people. If you can professionally use a Gmail, you should because you never know when you're going to be somewhere else and you might want to use it. Oh, when yeah. you have an at companyname.com, there's a day and you might not have any control of it. There's a day where it stops and you can't get into and, it and, and when they tell you, they already cut it off 20 yeah. minutes ago. Yes, exactly. So like, I had enough of a head start that I forwarded a bunch of stuff from my Westwood One email. But this was, a, this was like fans would send this in. Um, but... Uh, you know, there. This is a good one too, though. Um, and this is all from this guy, but and he was all, using his email. Oh yeah, and name. I forgot that uh, the the subject was Christian. You're a douchebag. Yeah, but you get that from your own wife. Thank you. I wish I had my bell or, <laughs> or your wacky horn. Wacky horn. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then all of this is the, these are the back and forths with where he was misrepresenting himself as a part of the show. But anyway, that's that. The other one. So did my, you reply to that? No, 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 no. I, I you I have stayed. the you actually now that's I a could I could write to him right now. No, I'm not telling you to do it. Yeah, but how do you restrain yourself from that? Um, I had a good laugh about it. I got together with the guys and we read it. I think we might have even acted out. You know, <laughs> we might have done a dramatic. If I'd had the black cast at that point, we would have done something with it. But I didn't. That was. Actually, 2014, I did have the black cast. I don't know why I didn't. That's a, that's a missed opportunity. But there were a lot of correspondences well, like that with him. And when I was given instructions to ignore him and not communicate with him, I got a barrage of messages. And it would be like, hey, could you stop watching the Met game for a moment to write back to me? And, you know, I, and, and it got ah! so much that I, I talked to... The, Especially in 2014, yeah. that was a rough year. It, it really was actually. Said that was an easy guess. It I was, didn't know it, that for it's sure. It's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah bet. exactly. Uh, in any case, uh, so but actually, that that would have been also a rough year. It would have been like 2009. But anyway, <laughs> he uh, yeah, and I was told very specifically by the aforementioned uh, vice president of News Talk, do not write back to him because they were in the process of of of. of Firing him, but he wouldn't come in, so they had to just call him. And back, at, yeah, back in the days when you had to come in in person to get fired. Yeah, right, exactly. And then I was in a room when someone else got fired, and that was just uncomfortable. Oh, that's he, was so just, uncomfortable. he was just bad at his job, and I told them not to hire him. Sweet guy, but he was not going to be suited for it. Uh, as a, and a what gentleman, did they bring I, you in? For, what did they bring you in? Somebody had to be a witness, I think. And I, as the you may not know this, but um, I was the producer of the Dennis Miller show. But then one day, I decided I was the executive producer on the Dennis Miller show. Right. And you know, and you, you know who said that was okay? Me. <laughs> and no one ever said anything. You just promoted yourself. Yeah, I, I never heard that story. Didn't either. turn into any extra money or anything, but no. But it's great for it made, uh, made for an impressive uh, well, signature on LinkedIn. Line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, um, and until the cease and desist orders start coming. Yeah, luckily so, Westwood One's not a thing anymore. 
Uh, it is actually because Dennis did. Uh, it became like part of I think Cumulus. Okay, but they kept the Westwood One brand mostly because the sports were associated with Westwood One. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so I should not be dropping Dennis's name to get free things at NAB. You could try. I just but don't know. Somebody, if it's gonna, it's, somebody could. Some, somebody's already done it. So okay. All the free stuff for Dennis. Uh, this guy Rove already took. How about branded Dennis Miller work pajamas? Uh, that, see, it's not a bad idea. Um, this guy I disliked so much. He he did try. He tried to. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure what you were doing. Oh, but. you have a bill if you want it now. Oh, okay, that's all right. He he uh, tried to smooth it over. You know, just because you know he didn't want to get fired. Uh, he would like bring in bagels and stuff. And then me and actually this guy, people know who Sabes was, Brett. Um, he he and I, we were a united front and we didn't touch the bag. But then Munga was like, sorry guys, I'm going to eat a bagel. I'm like, that's fine, whatever. He was on that guy's side a little bit because I think he thought that guy actually was going to become the producer. And he probably, he may have promised him something. Uh, but, and I, I, you know, I got, I, I, I love the guy, the guy we called Munga. I love that guy. He's great. No, but taking yourself out of it for a minute. Yeah. I have been at jobs when there were power struggles. Yeah. And I, for the most part, have been good at playing both sides with disinterest. Yeah. And look, you thought Gene Domanian was a talent. All right. So obviously. That, my friend, is the most obscure reference that only Dennis Miller himself will get. Farad Muhammad will enjoy that. Well, that's for you, Farad. Yeah. And the fact that I got it is kind of a... Oh, no, you got to press the actual button. Up. No, forget it. I don't want to God mess it damn it. Up. No, no, no. no, 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 no I don't want to push no, the no, wrong no, thing. I'm confused. Oh, and that's got to go up. Yeah. I want to crickets. Oh. <laughs> there it is. That's what I was going to give. For- God, I'm going back to tech support. And I will, I will do no editing to, to this no. content. Good, then let's leave the crickets on for a few minutes. Make it really painful. <laughs> um, anyway, so there was a power struggle that uh, you tried to play both. So, no, which, by I the way, a few is, yeah. is kind of the way to do it because you don't know how it's going to end. So if you don't need to position yourself on one side or the other, I would say as an intern, I position myself uh, very specifically at SNL, I was in the Colin Quinn camp, but I was also in the Norm McDonald camp. Well, I don't think Norm felt he got screwed because of Colin, which helped, right? No, no, he. I don't. I. I think that you know somebody had to take it, and he. He always liked Colin, and uh, I. I don't think he was mad at Colin at all. And in all fairness, Colin. Uh, I love. I, did you love? I loved his weekend update, but I also didn't love his weekend. Okay, here's update. what it is. I think that I, one. I love Colin Quinn. He used to do a bit before that called Colin Quinn explains the New York Times. That, that. was better. That was better suited to him. He uh, weekend update wasn't a hundred percent suited to him, but I think he did it for I think three years. He did it that long. He might have been. Maybe it's two and a half because it was a half season, so it was probably parts of three seasons. Did he get screwed mid season too? No, the no. first season was half. The first season was half. Yeah, okay. When he took over from Norm, and then he then, I mean, he wasn't on the show anymore. And then, actually, you know what? They gave it to uh, Tina and Jimmy. So. He was the perfect. You know, I, I take that back. He was the perfect person to follow norm yeah it two was, reasons yeah one it was kind of like he was the working class stiff yeah so that kind of is like hey i'm here whatever it was a character he used to play as a, a as a guest on weekend update as a weekend update feature was ca- i think he was called joe blow and he sat there with his lunchbox so yeah he is very like working class you the, know the thing with norm is tv wise when he's not into something you could just see it so badly yeah and i think that's the problem with norm norm i'm uh, not norm colin and even norm uh, but, yeah, and Colin, Dennis <laughs> was it was well and when Dennis wasn't into it. Yeah, yeah on yeah. SNL too. Oh yeah, if if uh, if Sandler came on with one of his like characters that didn't really work that well, uh, you know, Dennis would would definitely say something. And he's talked about how like Carvey used to come on and do the grumpy old man, and he would just you know Dennis would lean into him it's like this is gonna eat shit, and Carvey's like oh just just you wait, and he would show him. That he, you know, and so it would like drive Carvey to deliver, you know, a bit that doesn't have that much to it. It's like it has. It so has, he would do that in rehearsal? Uh, maybe on the air. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, definitely in rehearsal, though, for sure. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And uh, the only episode that I've listened to just from time constraints uh, of the uh, Dana Carvey 
David Spade fly on the wall podcast was the one that Dennis was on. And uh, it was delightful to hear the three of them remembering SNL, but then also talking about Robin Williams and just a bunch of other, you know, it wasn't all SNL. Like the SNL stuff is always fascinating. I mean, this uh, comedian Rosebud Baker is a writer. Wait, this you year. know Rosebud? Well, I heard her. Wait. I don't. I don't know her at all. Actually, is Rosebud writing there now? I've she's been a writer her. since March, and she was on uh, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts radio show. Oh God, her career is blowing up. And she was talking about being a writer there, and I was like, man, I could listen to her talk about it for another hour because a lot of it is stuff you know. But all the writers, you know, have like computers with screens that go, you know, they like you can, so other people can read their screen without having to stand behind them. When I was where I was an intern, they had like just gotten computers, you know? Yeah. I, I even feel like at Conan, there was still a lot of, uh, a lot of typewriters, and typewriters and yellow word, uh, word processors and, and yellow legal pads, legal pads. And stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I forget exactly how I got into that part of Dennis and Carvey, but yeah, they are definitely the kind of people that Dennis will tell you when something doesn't work. And are you that kind of person? Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe 20 years ago, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I was never the person to, to walk into someone's NBC tour with a wrap it up, but I do know someone who would do that. And yeah, I miss our, knowing our, everything. Our friend Shalair, uh, always loved when you would do that though. Did she, she though? She, I she, always feel, she, no, she, I mean, for years after the fact, she would talk about how funny that was. Oh my God. That. Just whoever was, if the, if their tour was going slow, I kept it going. And sometimes they were. <laughs> I kept the trains moving on time, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually funny. If you enjoy the idea of, uh, Ooh, do you want to take this call on the air? Uh, is this from Dan Brassen? I think it's going to be from the car place. You may have to edit that. Uh, okay, well, that's fine. You can take it if you need to. Yeah, go, you t- t- turn on the blue light. The bl- uh, no, no, that other one. Hello, uh, the one with the blue light. I'm sorry. I, I hang just, on, man. You put, you push We're having trouble with Bluetooth. We're having trouble with the Bluetooth. Hang on. Okay, hello. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hang on one second. Hang on. Uh, hello? 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 Hello. This is Nick. Hi, it's Nick from Dr. Temkin's office. Oh, yes. Hello. Good. We're just confirming for tomorrow. Great. I'll see you then. We have 12 o'clock, correct? 12 o'clock. All right. We'll see you. And you have the address and everything you need? Yeah, I got all that. All right. Great. We'll see you then. Let us know if anything changes. Otherwise, we'll see you at 12. Great. See you tomorrow, Nick. Thank you. And he really hopes the rash goes away. You know what's funny about that, though, is I'm really, I've been waiting for my car for six weeks. And it, I, I saw you like a week and a half ago and you were waiting for your car. Um, and it's one of those things where I actually don't care. I, I'm emotionally detached. Sure. Uh, I have a loaner car. It's fine. But I am going to travel to go to Maine on Friday. Now, oh, yeah, technically, yeah, I yeah. cannot take the loaner car outside of New York State. Oh. So I've kind of have pulled this thing of, listen, either you guys are going to give me my car back, and right. you don't have to. You yeah, don't have to. You don't have to. But if you don't, and then there's a supply crisis, the world is at this, that, Ukraine, I don't know, but somehow it all winds up with my Jeep being in the parking lot. But I've been waiting for six weeks for what should have been a one-week repair. Yeah, Fine. that's a long time. I'm okay with that. But I do not want to be charged with grand theft auto. <laughs> for leaving the state. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to rent a car because you have mine. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. They, they either should give you their loaner or they should well, well, uh, they I have should the loaner, set yeah. up they should set up an actual like rental from but what's funny with these Enterprise guys is they don't want Avis. no one wants to be the one to say oh it's okay tom don't worry and what i and i know what's going to happen is after 6 weeks they're going to call me on tuesday and be like we need you to get back down or we're going to start charging you for that loaner and i'm like no you've yeah. had my car for 6, six weeks. weeks yeah and i paid for and anyway that's the, but anyway what this is is we were talking about being men of a certain age at this point in our lives. That's the sleep apnea guy. I'm going to start at a level one sleep apnea thing. Like a study. Well, I did the study. Okay. I ha- I'm at the high end of the low end of sleep apnea. Okay. Which is not quite the middle. No, but does this mean that, uh, so are you not getting enough sleep because of either sleep apnea or something that you may find as sleep apnea? Or- the machine diagnosed it as mid-range sleep apnea of okay. some sort. So are but, you unable to sleep after a certain point at night? Just to, No, I you, wake up a lot and then I can't sleep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I run into that. I I sleep on my side and usually I'm fine. If I were to fall asleep uh on my back, that's usually the problem. 
these are the problems of uh, yeah. men of a certain age, 46 yeah. and such. Not to mention the erectile dysfunction. No, I'm fine with that. Oh, good for you. That's what everybody is, <laughs> yeah, right? That's yeah. right. Everybody's Aren't fine. we all? But also, you, you talked about <laughs> wanting but the uh, what just got derailed. By the way, this is like the third time they've confirmed. I'm actually a little bit irritated about this. Now, that said... If you like to hear about how things don't work, I just realized I never hooked the soundboard into the camera for the last podcast we did. So the last podcast... I might be able to save it in editing, but I definitely... It was comedy gold, but it's going to be... We had some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If I need to... If you want to listen to... By the way, this is the hard part. I've realized your episodes are rating lower. And on Look, my show. I don't, I don't, I don't tell you to record so many with no, me. No, but here's what I'm realizing: it's because you're always with me, and and then there's nothing the, special about it anymore. But the problem is, not only is there nothing special about it, but what happened last week was we both had a moment where where uh, I I did a fall start where we got a phone call in the middle of me recording my podcast, and we had to go to lunch. And Christian just said, hey, "I'll put it on mine." Yeah. Because you you were going to throw it away, and I'm like... We did the same show twice and aired it twice, though. Well, yeah, but I, I, the first one was different. It the was sec- different. The one you posted was actually more focused. Actually, and I'm going to even go a step further. The one I wanted to throw away might have even been better. That might have been why I took it. Yeah. <laughs> I might have had yeah. the sense. It was a little bit... Uh, it, it was a little... It was better in some ways. But in, anyway, that said, ways. my new rule for podcasting with you is uh, I'm going to figure out... I'm going to try not to air when we're co-release dating. Right. And I am going to try to uh, not do the same show. And just well, yeah. Twice. I mean, what we recorded with you, we haven't talked about any about. And no. if so, so to, and I'm when, not even going to say it. If you no, want to no, hear who, when, whenever that posts, you'll hear what we talked about. Can I just say what it is? And we yeah, won't tell do, them the topic. Yeah. So teach. the topic is how many people are blocked. Have you blocked on social media? Have you blocked on your phone? How many people have blocked you? So you can find yeah. that conversation at a later date. And look, if you don't have usable audio, I'll talk about all of that with you again. Yeah, no, no, no. You have a dinner in a little bit, a little bit. I mean, you can come back tonight though. That's true. I probably, probably you probably could. could. No, well, you now got, that, look, now that the concert I'm going to, I was going to go well, to actually, Williamsburg got canceled. So what's kind of wonderfully frustrating about our friendship is, you know, there was a little pandemic and nobody went anywhere for a while. I and remember. I had not seen you for at least two years and probably for another it year was probably, before that. Yeah, I mean, because you hadn't come out to LA. So I saw you when I was in New York, when my wife was working here. I saw you in 2018. So it's just funny that I have gone from not seeing you at all and between going on the black cast to talk Star Trek Picard. Sure. Between me going to LA where you were so good to me and uh, helped me figure out that darn city just a little bit to get going and have a good time on my own. We went to Guisados. We then, had Guisados tacos. And then you came to New York and now I'm going back to LA. It's I know. like at this point, I feel like Heather's going to be like, uh, you've had enough time That's with enough Tom, Tom Kelly. Kelly. That's you enough know, Tom like, Kelly. Yeah, the, the kids are wondering. Yeah, but, but, where, where's daddy? <laughs> Lucy's wondering. Wondering who our daddy he's, is. He's with Uncle Tom again, you know. Uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, it had been a while. I know, and it's funny. Have you tried to podcast with the kids? Have you done I, any of those, I, like so using your children? I had for fame my things? kids. They came downstairs and said hi when I was doing uh, the earlier incarnation of the Marvel show that I do. This was during the pandemic, but it was when it was still for. After Buzz TV slash Popcorn Talk, uh, they came in and they said hi, and Felix knew to talk right into the microphone, and I pointed out that obviously he's a professional because he knew that because it was my my stand my stand up mic. Uh, so that's the only time though, that I ever did it. I've I've thought about it, but and I, I've honestly I would love to do like uh, my our, my friend Jason Blair and I have talked a couple different times throughout our his kids are like about a year older than mine. But we talked about like, wouldn't you like to hear them do like an after show on like one of the shows they watch, you know, the Octonauts after show, the Spidey. And that actually could show. be a hit. Yeah. So we thought we've talked about it and, and I think we needed to just find the right thing. They, when they were really little, we were going to do the, the Daniel Tiger's neighborhood after show, but they've, they've moved on a little Let's bit. Let's go another level. Would you have your parents on your podcast? My mom has been on. Really? Actually, yeah. I what did, did you talk it, about with her? Uh, I I don't know, but you can you can uh, find the episode uh, and uh, the it, emails from Rove it, in it, Christian's. It, well, no, the emails from Rove you can't find, but the uh, episode with my mom is uh, is one that you can find the both videos. It was last June. It, she was in town, and she and her husband were watching a lot 
of the black cast. So she even said that she would like to come on. I think she would call in the radio show like on my birthday and stuff. And Dennis was always very sweet and he would be nice to my mom and he would speak highly of me. And then as soon as she was off the phone, he would, he would talk badly about me. Like, oh, why'd you make your mom call in? You know, stuff like that. It was very funny. <laughs> you know, but she would call, you know, so she would call in once in a while, but, um, so I haven't done that much with Well, her. actually now this is a weird one. I, I, we haven't really talked about your, your mother's husband or uh, stepdad. My mother's husband. Okay, it's a nice guy. They, they, his name is John Patrick. I don't John well, Patrick yeah. something. So they call him Patty. He's a, he's a nice guy. No, and not not, not no. Yeah, and not, I don't want to go down to. that road. But I I get very uncomfortable when I have family listening to me perform. Yes. Uh, do, is it weird for your mother's husband to enjoy your craft? Like, does that, like, or be a part of it even? No. And by the way, Blackcast episode 442, you can find it uh, wherever you found the audio of this episode. Wait, what are we also, up to? Uh, this is 493, I think. So very close to 500. I'm terrified of asking someone to appear on episode 500. And no, it's not Dennis. It's someone I've never asked. It is going to be Rove, ladies and gentlemen. After today, if it's not Rove, America's going to be disappointed. I know. Oh, I would love to get a message from him. I would love to get it. Because if he hears this, that means he listens all the time. And that he knows that I'm talking about him. And look, honestly, I probably misrepresented something about his life. But the... Office pajamas eating ice cream in Rick D's office is 100% true. It was told to me by a very reliable source. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, what, it was it de- Rick D's? It, <laughs> uh, no, we got to It's 72 uh, ABC D's Grease right now. Um, I actually forget his bit. Um, no, but I'm enjoying... I'm really enjoying... See... <sighs> This is where there's too much podcast content, and I still don't understand why you do an hour show, but on the other hand, right now, this moment is exactly why I love why you do a one-hour show, because yeah. there's freedom. Yeah, well, because it's go... I mean, look, and an hour is me being restrained. An hour is me being under some kind of constraints. You know? No, but like if you, like if you get mad at something I tweet, right? <laughs> sure. Like, like if I... I don't know, like, uh, like for me, I'm... I'm I'm always wondering which relatives are, and I genuinely try not to talk about my family. Yeah, I think that's probably uh, which a is good idea. probably sure. hurt my career in some ways, helped in others. Uh, but there's someone in the. I also think there are members of the extended family who think I'm talking about them when I'm not. That's fair. You don't want that. And yeah. especially now that I'm, and if you if you read a tweet or an angry Facebook status or, or a TikTok, did I tell you how my nieces got mad at me about the TikTok? I, had, I think you might have started to tell me, and I don't think that was podcast. It might have been when we went to lunch, but yeah. Um, wait, you might hear. It. Take one ear off. Oh, no, is there something crazy? Yeah, the, it's the, there's somebody who's having through that brick wall. There's something always going. Let's on. Let's just say that on the yeah, other side. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I heard it on the other side of Tom's wall. Describe someone, the sound. Someone is about to receive monkeypox. That's what's it, happening. I, and it's funny. Wall. I can hear it. I want to go into the building. It's in the next building. That's oh, it's not even on the other side of the wall? Well, the other side of the wall is the next building. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So okay, uh, yeah, yeah. it's that not sense. in my... So I don't have a key to the other side of the wall's hallway. Which you should, by the way. You, well... You should be able to draw one of those uh, Bugs Buddy circles or Roger Rabbit circles and just walk through. You make jokes, but there is one of those... See that? See that weird outline here? I do, yes. Okay, this... The audience doesn't, but I do. Okay, there's a few outlines at certain points of this which were holes in a wall so people could walk between buildings. Wow. Yeah, when they were building all this stuff at the same time. That said, they're having... I don't know if it's sex or the Japanese restaurant three floors down is doing prep work, but it's in another language and it's passionate, but not quite sex and not quite somebody's being hurt. You know, and it's Tom, gone sometimes now. there's a fine line between... All three of those things is a tri- uh, fine line between passionate love, a fine line. Oh, wrong button. There we go. A fine line between violence and a very fine line between prep work at a Japanese restaurant before, <laughs> before opening at five o'clock. Um, well, by the I, way, I'm just enjoying because I know you're not going to edit these. I, it would be so much work to edit out those sounds that uh, I love. You know, I, I feel like they're all public domain, or you wouldn't use them. Yeah, no, they came with the board. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like this is going to be uh, 
I think Farad Muhammad is going to love this episode because of the behind the scenes stuff, because of the showbiz stuff and all that. So Farad, I feel like you're going to have follow up questions. Please and Farad, send them to me directly. And Farad, if you if you call in the next sixty minutes. <laughs> Using the code word Rove, you're going to get a free pair of Blackcast office pajamas. Tom, we've told people where they can find you, but tell them again. Insist that they find you. Listen, in fact, do me a favor. If you are only just following me now, at this point, I feel like your fans are my fans. I hope. Well, oh, no, no. Or I think, actually, in a grateful way for you having me on your show. I know for sure there's at least one, if not more than one of my fans who I got from you. And so thank you for having me. And I think vice versa. Uh, But uh, our friend Jenny's mom is still a fan of you, but not of me. And and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's, she's got an eye for talent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so I am Tom Kelly Show. It's the podcast is what I'm most into. TomKellyShow.com is the gateway to all things Tom Kelly. Uh, the podcast is the home of uh, personal growth and fun, depending on, uh, on how I want to put it. Uh, the podcasts are much shorter, so you do have time to listen to me and then uh, go get 20 minutes of, uh, you could get 20 minutes of me and then you could have, you could get the long form conversation with me and Christian. I think that's what we got to do next time. Yeah, uh, I think that, uh, you know, Tom, think of Tom as the radio edit of Inagata DeVita. And think of me as the album version of Iron Butterflies Inagata DeVita. Okay, and uh, and on that reference, Dennis Miller, I have to go. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, by the way, did you just, if you guys heard in the last second, wait, this was my confidence. Let's see if this is the right button. My confidence in my intelligence just went, nope, nope, it just went. Nope, nope. There, that's where my confidence went. It went all four of those things. Yeah. yeah. So, like when he said "Ella de Vida," "Inagata de Vida" by Aaron Butterfly, Dennis would get that. Dennis has a joke about uh, you know being on the phone with uh, customer service. It's like the drum solo from "Inagata de Vida." I'm, I don't spend this much time on the phone with friends contemplating suicide. And that's what I say about the black cast. You wouldn't listen to a friend complimenting, complimenting a friend contemplating suicide as long as an episode of the black cast. But we appreciate <laughs> those of you who put us before friends contemplating suicide. The black cast is more for like when you're driving around on a long weekend and you stop the, the show every time you get out of the car, you know, it is great for a long drive. Yeah. It's a, not a, not a, not a quick ride, but, but if, if you have like, if you're a, driving to Maine in a loader car, a, if you have a 12 minute commute to work, Tom Kelly show is for you. You listen to about half of it on the way there. You'll finish on the way home and be able to listen to disco duck. And, and listen, and, and in all fairness, most people don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, our, our mutual friend, Ryan Peterson was on an episode of the show, you know, and he and rated he, very well, surprisingly. And I, I mean, they love him in the, the, cap, the capital region, but it's amazing to see, State, yeah. like I obsess over the numbers just because I'm trying to figure out what's working. Right. No, exactly. That's a big part of it. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how, but I also think people are getting tired of what worked six months ago. Yeah. Like, I think at this point we're all tired of fixing our lives up. We just want our lives to be back to normal. Yeah, well. Yeah, I, we'll talk about that on the next hour. We'll do that, at, yeah, when Tom's uh, out Back in LA, LA in another week. In another, yeah, when it seems like a couple weeks. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram, at CristianDMZ. Please subscribe to Blackcast YouTube channel, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And, of course, subscribe to the audio version of Blackcast because you'll get episodes like this one and last week's. And don't trust big tech. Don't trust big tech and don't trust Rove, although actual Carl Rove, election <laughs> night 2012... On Fox News, please find that. Watch it. Hey, he refused to let them declare Obama as the winner. He had a source that told him that Romney might still win, and they had to. Megyn Kelly had to like walk down to the decision desk because they didn't have it all situated. It's it's some of the greatest video ever. Please. Hey, and say what you want about the real Carl Rove. He never tried to fuck over Christian. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Say what you want about the real car, Rove. He never slept in Rick D's perf- uh, office. <laughs> but he did have office pajamas, and we'll talk about that next time on The Blackcast. Look at me. I'm the disco
Which is good because I gotta pick. Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone ready to play right now. Listen in the Black Cast. I don't wanna watch what's on the TV. iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listen in the Black Cast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listen in the Black Cast. Don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing. Listen in the black cast. Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen in the black cast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen in the black cast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Black cast in Chile to my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listen in the black cast. Cops knock on the door and listen. Black cast on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't tripping. Listen in the black cast. My point is, listen to this show. Don't need me to tell you it's dope. Rock so hard like Johnny Litho. Listen in the black cast. Oh yeah, that's the black cast. It's on the ghost twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right. But that guy, Christian, you rock! Alright, several Texans had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show.